Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about recording your podcast instead of setting up your Metatopia schedule, even though you know other people are choosing their games already. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we'll be talking about Metatopia season and what we're excited to be playtesting in our games. Hello, listeners. Uh, sorry we missed you last week. We yeah. had an actual literal gas leak. <laughs> it, was, um, it was not great. Uh, in Protean City Comics, uh, Mark was just rolling very low. <laughs> and eventually the hard mood had to be made that reality bent itself in order to cause uh, James and Jess and and their roommates, uh, their housemates, uh, James and Matt, to... Uh, just have a gas leak and not have heat and stuff like that for a couple days. Yeah, and so needless to say, I spent a lot of time working on that and trying to get that fixed. And yeah. we just, like, the recording time got away from us, and so here we are. Yeah. We're sorry. Yeah, sorry about that, but, uh, you know, we're we're going to keep on keeping on, especially because this is the most exciting time of the year for Stop, Hack, and Roll. This is Stop, Hack, and Roll Christmas. It's Metatopia time. Metatopia time. Which is kind of the time when we <coughs> have traditionally, uh, this episode, which is the episode right before Metatopia, is the episode where we have traditionally checked in with uh, the games that we are working on. Yes. Uh, especially the games that we are bringing to Metatopia to playtest. Mm-hmm. And talked about like where we are with them, uh, what we want to playtest with them, and that sort of thing. And, and then usually the one after will have like a barely coherent rambling hug fest where we talk about how much we love all the different games we played and the mechanics we're going to steal in the following year yeah so it's kind of the check-in with us and then the check-in with what the what the industry is doing and we are (laughs) i think we successfully did it the first year yeah um failed to do it last year and we're going to try again this year to actually record at metatopia so the next last year you're right i forgot about we just we just ran out of time too yeah. many good games to play. But hopefully this year we'll record at Metatopia. My goal is to record like live from the lobby uh, and hopefully get some other people, like anyone who stops by. There's a whole bunch of our friends and game designers there that we want to talk to. Yeah. See if they have any thoughts about what's going on in game design world. I'm also going to be doing over the weekend a couple little like essentially, uh, I, I, I don't want to call them vines because they're not vines. They're going to be longer than six seconds, but hopefully less than two minutes where I just catch somebody and put my phone in selfie mode and talk with them for a moment and post it on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, cool. that that's also going to be kind of like a miniature version of what we're doing in a more in-depth way, hopefully, for our actual episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so let's just, I'll, I want I, I can kick this off and we can talk about what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and so this year <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm bringing... My game, my space ice hauler game, which last year we called uh, ice hauler heartbreak. And I mean, I've never called it that. I've only ever called it space ice road truckers. Yes, um, but uh, Ivy told me that wasn't a good name, and so it needs to be more descriptive of what the game was actually about. And I, I didn't disagree, so we called it ice <laughs> ice hauler space ice hauler heartbreak. This year, the game has a new name. It's called a space between. I'm still going to keep calling it space ice road truckers. Just All right. FYI. Um, and so if you are looking to playtest that, there's a, an 11 a.m. on Friday, 
and a Saturday at 9 a.m. and a Saturday at 10 p.m. I really want to sign up for that, but I also recognize that, like, I see you at least once a week, and I really shouldn't <laughs> sign up for it. Because we could play that literally anytime. But it's whatever. If you want maybe to play I'll test even, it, you can go ahead and play test it. Maybe I can catch it just as like a like a pickup session at some point during the thing. I'm really excited yeah, to try that. out that game. Uh, so I am bringing Pasión de las Pasiones again. Um, it's uh, now in a very advanced version from where it was before. So it's going to be there as a beta test. Uh, it is going to be Friday 11 to 1, Saturday 4 to 6, and then Saturday 8 to 10. Uh, so that dinner block, I'm not going to be doing any pasión, but I might still be talking about pasión. So I'm going to have like a six-hour chunk of pasión, I'm realizing, which is a little terrifying. Um, additionally, and so like what I'm looking for in that is to see how the new technologies in it work, because essentially we've taken out how experience works in that and put it into a new way, and it was a uh, difficult thing to put together, and so we want to see if it works well, because it's supposed to essentially structure your season so that you build towards a big climactic finale um and we'll see if it works i hope that it does i'm really excited about it uh but additionally the basic moves have been revamped and stuff like that so i want to see how all of that works in practice i also have the latinx uh design panel which is friday from five to six uh which is immediately followed by dinner again so that is an ideal opportunity for our Latinx listeners or for people who know Latinx people that are going to be at the convention to get them in contact with the community. This is a great opportunity for us to build a home for indie Latinx game designers and indie Latinx gamers and GMs and uh, enthusiasts of all kinds. So I'm really pumped about that. Yeah, it's been really cool because I remember that first year that we went to Metatopia and obviously, this is not like a community that I am as a white dude part of. But to see you sort of like start to connect with with uh, other Latinx people, yeah. and to now like a couple years later have it form into a little bit more of a coherent community, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. There's there's something that I've been calling the Latin explosion. That like they're within a year, two a year and a half tops. There will have been three like, kind of big PBTA uh, Latinx games kickstarting. Uh, And I'm really excited to be a part of that. And we're going to have both of of the authors of those games, uh, Mark Diaz Truman of Cartel, and Miguel Angel Espinoza of of Nahual. Which I backed on Kickstarter. Yeah, I backed it too. I'm so excited for that game. It's, I've played that once. I'm so tempted to sign up for it again just because I want to play it again, not because I necessarily know that I have, like, feedback that will be helpful. Mm -hmm. So I'm struggling there because it's like, (laughs) maybe just sign up anyway. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so uh, that is where we'll be at Metatopia. My intention, I think I will post my full schedule online. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if people are looking to find me, they can tweet at me and I'll be trying to, I'm definitely going to schedule some time to just be in the lobby talking with people and doing podcast stuff and all of that. So please find me. Yeah, I'll probably do the same. My my intention is to minimally playtest <laughs> things this year and 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 do some more recording. I cuz I, I wanted to do that last year and I didn't quite get as much of that done as I would like. I so. totally told myself that I was going to not sign up for much last year 
And then I think I did a game in every single slot except for one. Yeah, you were crazy. I was crazy last year. It was not great. Okay, so can we talk about A Space Between, my Ice Space Road Truckers game? I was right about to say, what game is that? (laughs) And and specifically, so, okay, so last year it was a two-player game. Uh, that was about romance and space and time dilation and people who have long, long, long distance relationships. And mechanically, the way that it worked was there was a deck of cards that you dealt out three, and that was the three routes you could choose from for the space hauler to go on. And they had different payouts and they had different uh, risks and rewards and stuff like that. Um, Those largely didn't mean a whole lot because those mechanics were not in the game. Yeah. Uh, But they did reflect how long you would be gone. And then the, the lighthouse, the person who stays behind, had a sheet of choices to choose from depending on how long the ice hauler was going to be gone from. And so they had choices they could choose from rather than um, options that were being given to them by cards. And that sort of rec- yeah. represented like they're on a planet, they can go outside, they have friends and family, they have support structures, they have choices. So the way that that has evolved this year through a year's worth of game design is that now I believe the game is fully a card game. It's a card based game and that every card represents a set um, amount of time. I have not really figured out what I'm going to call that yet, but I'm thinking it's roughly six months. And so what you will do is there are going to be uh, as the game is going to be played for Metatopia this year, there are going to be a number of set routes, like different locations that the ice hauler can choose to go f- to to okay. harvest ice. And they will require different amounts of time dilation and different lengths of time. And so route A might be you have to, as the ice hauler, spend s- only six months uh, away, but that's three times time dilation and so the the person, the lighthouse from who's raining behind, is spending three six-month periods away. Right. And then the way that, that that will play out mechanically is that the ice hauler will draw one card, which mm-hmm. is an event of things they will have to talk about. Um, and the person who remains at home will draw three cards to represent that, that more stuff is happening to them. Perfect. Um, I think that those cards will still be a little bit mixed up. So I think that the ice hauler might, I have to figure out exactly. I have to like actually write those cards. That's the thing that I always like end up leaving to the end <laughs> um, because I have a lot of it from last year and I can carry it over. And so I yeah. there still may be choices for people, um, but largely that's what I'm going to test um, to see to make sure that a whole thing works uh, because I think that that some of the criticisms that people felt was that even though they were living different amounts of time, it felt like there were only the same number of events and mm, that okay. keeping track of how long each person had lived felt like a very important part of the game, yeah, but didn't definitely. feel like it was easy to track. Okay. And so, and with cards that gets a little bit easier because you count every two cards and that's one year. Yeah. And I almost want to have them, be like where the back of the card is like a little bit of a timeline so it okay so you can like lay them all next to each other okay and it that looks like really a timeline cool. of events um yeah. that may not graphically designed be happening at metatopia this year no, but you should look down your cards and go like yep there's, <laughs> there's three of them that's a year and a half that sounds so, great 
the key thing that I'm testing at Metatopia this year is whether or not the game can be played with more than two people. Because someone mentioned this as a thing they thought that the game could go, uh, a direction the game could go in, and I really latched onto it. I yeah. love the idea that this is a four, six, probably not eight players, maybe eight players. Eight is so many. It is so many players, but four yeah. or six, whatever, like any e- roughly even number of people. And the way that that works is that instead of having just one couple, you have two couples, three couples. Mm-hmm. And all of the ice haulers are on the same ship. So they will um, they will probably elect a captain. Uh, and that person will like get the final say about which route they go on. But they okay. will get to have a conversation and choose together which route they'll go on. Okay, and then when they, however many uh, time units that they are spending out in space, rather than each of them drawing cards, they will draw three cards or two cards or whatever for the ship because it's an event that happens to the ship. Oh, I see. Okay, and so then they will have that thing that happens to them out on the sp- out in space. And so that's a um, shared experience that they a have. shared experience that they have. And then on the planet, the the lighthouses will spend. Well, the, they'll each draw their own cards. Right. Um, the, and so then, so right, the way that the game sort of physically worked was you, the, they had it like the, the ice, the, the, like the, um, the hauler and the lighthouse made their decision about what route was going to happen. And they went off, read their prompts, read their, or made their choices and sort of just had an internal think session. Okay. And they would come back, have a conversation, reconcile their, their time apart, talk mm. about those things. And... And so that was like where the core role playing was happening. And there were these weird long periods where they were just, I mean, they weren't super long, but they were periods where no one was talking because they were right. stepping back to think about these experiences. And, and I remember new, you especially hated that because you were standing there watching. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that the way that this four player version will work is that then the, the, obviously the, ice haulers they will all draw a card like they'll draw their cards as a group and then they will can almost have some scenes role play through those experiences um probably not literally roll through the role play through the experiences but role play like just after the experience or like talk about it on their way home or something like that yeah reflecting back on their experiences and then each of the lighthouses will have their own session they'll have their own series of events and then they again have the freedom of maybe they don't want to talk to anyone else but they also have this community of other lighthouses of people who are having this shared experience and they can choose to go to them as a support group okay that's very cool just like having that moment that you can that you can have people really chatting to each other yeah and then if you and then if and then so basically it'll be this sort of accordion fold um of 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 the the lighthouses talking to each other and the ice haulers talking to each other and then they switch and pair up and then they each have their own conversations conversations and personal sessions and then switch back out to the crew and and earth cool and so it's just it's just kind of this interfolding of of people in and out. And so that'll give people like time to complain about the, the experiences, ask for advice and sort of deal with their things. And I think it'll add another layer of, of dynamic role playing to the game. Yeah. Um, And it'll also give the game more freedom. I was feeling a little constrained by the two player format. And so I wanted to see it play out larger. Yeah. And it's sort of like, if that works, then there are so many more places I can go. 
If yeah, the definitely. two player, if it doesn't work and two players is it, then two players is it. Uh, but if, if four players work, if six players work, well, then I, I then like I suddenly I can have more people I can look into. I've been having some conversations in our discord uh, talking about like, how would you build poly relationships into that? Yeah. Do you have multiple lighthouses for one hauler? Do you have multiple haulers for one lighthouse? Can you have someone switch halfway through? Because like part of the lore of this game that I've been building is that there's a contract that the ice hauler is obligated to keep uh, working on. Could yeah. they trade that contract to their lighthouse and switch? And now they stay home and the lighthouse goes out. Hmm. And like so, I, I don't think that that's where I want to go with it. But those are those are things that I need to like explore to see if they work. To see and if I think they, that, yeah, I think that this like this first step of does four players work will be the big like. Then I can go so many new cool places with the game. Yeah, yeah, that sets you up to like start expanding out in a billion different directions. Yeah. So here is something that I may play test, but I probably won't, or we'll play test roughly. Okay. But I have a question for you because I think this is a thing that you have done some more thinking about. And I want to, I need to, it's something, it's like the next thing that I need to tackle. Okay. And that is the game needs some kind of a currency. Okay. So when I initially conceived of the game, it was like a all or nothing. You complete the contract and then you get all of the money to live for the rest of your life with your family. And everyone <laughs> across the board said, that's not immediate enough. Yeah. And, and I agreed that I wanted each of the missions to have, or each of the routes to have their own immediate payout. And yeah. I think that the way that I want that to happen is you will have some sort of a, like there'll be a one to three, like, so I, I rated all of the routes last time as a one to three dollar signs okay. um, in terms of how much their payout was. And I think that I'll roughly keep that in okay. terms of how many like tokens or chits or whatever that you get for that. And I think that the way that I want this to play out is I want the lighthouse to have some ability to like buy off experiences. So the, the way, because mm. right now in the initial version, they had a lot of choice. They were looking at the full list of games, uh, not list of games, the full list of, of options to choose from. And they could only choose each one once, but if they didn't, if they saw that character of the, the option of like, you have a baby while you're, while the ice hauler is gone and they didn't want that to happen, they didn't yeah. have to choose it. Yeah. And so right now, the lighthouse is just drawing cards and dealing with those experiences. And what I really want is the ability for them to say, I don't want to deal with this option Yeah. from a story point of view. Let me draw a different card or I'll, I need to have three. So I'll draw four and choose three of those and choose three. Yeah. And I think and so, that the so way you're I, thinking, maybe playing with either a currency unrelated to the hauling or related to the money brought back by the hauling. Yeah, I think it should be the money brought back by the hauling. That's my feeling too. Cause then that really like that puts that tension there in a really interesting, nice way that I like. Yeah. And it can do things like um, some of the items I had on the list for, for the lighthouse to deal with were things like, a parent died or I lost my job or our house burned down or there was a natural, like there was a natural disaster. Yeah. Um, and so if the ice hauler has brought back money and yeah. they can use that money to bypass those, those problems, 
they could almost like maybe it's not even choose three like maybe it's not draw four to choose three but it's like choose three but pay off to not have to deal with the consequences yeah you know, sort of gameplay so you can say like hey there was an earthquake but you brought back so much money from your last trip that i was able to just like move our family really easily and it wasn't yeah. a big deal and like we lost that house but we recovered some of the stuff that's that's very cool i like that and so it, i think that i just don't know quite how to balance that right now okay um and so do you think that it should be so like how, how do you feel about the i think that the first step is like should it be avoiding the card completely or should it be more like having the coin lets you spend to get like a reduced version of the story arc or whatever? Like you might have a card that says your house is destroyed by an earthquake, but if you spend one, then your house is destroyed, but you're easily able to recover from that. I mean, I think some of it could be a mix of both, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't know that it necessarily needs to be one or the other because for some events money won't help that's for true. other events money helps completely um like uh your your mortgage goes up your rent goes up if yeah. you have more money that is just solved yeah um but like obviously there's there's if you're continuing with a lot of the uh, like personal events that people experience in life, a lot of times money would not be able to just stop that thing from happening. Yeah, money is not going to stop you from like falling in love with someone else or yeah. their parent dying. Yeah. So in those cases, the the transaction would be like, I've got this money coin, and I'm not, I the player, I'm not interested in this story event occurring in our story. Mm. spend spend the coin to to avoid that card that's interesting because that also comes into some questions of like kind of x card stuff yeah i've always kind of said that the, I, my intention is to have enough cards in the game that if yeah. a thing comes up that you don't want to deal with just discard it and move on to a different card yeah because that's just the easiest way like you have a there's there is that private deci- like uh decision making aspect of the game even yeah, in the four-player version. And so dealing with the sort of safety mechanics is is pretty easy. Okay. It, I think. At least I <laughs> it's part of things I need to play test to see if it runs yeah. into more stuff like that. That's very um, true. But yeah, I think that having different like alternate ver- like alternate versions of the of, of like reduced things or mitigated effects is is maybe an interesting way. I don't so, know how I feel What would you say? What were you saying? So, so I guess there, there's two things that I would look at. Um, one is whether it is an in-character or out-of-character decision being made. And the other is, like essentially, is that currency an in-character currency or not? And it's okay for it to kind of straddle a line, yeah. but that will change how your game feels, you know? I think I, think I want it to be an in-character currency. That's what my then, gut says then what I would do is set up your cards so that you have, like, kind of a top section Mm -hmm. that's, like, the event that happens, and then maybe, like, a cash symbol for future, like, you know, future game, like, visual design stuff. Yeah. And then underneath the modified version. 
Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. And for some of them, it might say, like, I'm sorry, you're not, you can't buy your way out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have always intended for, like, one of the cards for both the players to be your character passes away. Yeah. Some accident. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard to, hard to buy your way out of that one. Yeah. Hard sometimes. I mean, this is a sci-fi future world, so maybe True. not impossible. Um, but, but it, it's not so sci-fi and future that someone yeah. isn't going into space personally on a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have to f- like lay down. Is this like altered carbon world where you can pay and get a new body? And, and I think the answer is probably no. I would think that if that were the case, they'd have something better than send this guy to get... Yeah. Or at least it's enough of an altered carbon style <laughs> world that the the wealthy have that. But mm. the characters in this game that you're playing are not wealthy. Because again, yeah. yeah, you're right. The kind of person who signs up to go out into space to harvest ice is harvesting ice for the wealthy. They are not yeah. the wealthy. Exactly. Unless you made it a extraordinarily high buy-off because they could also have yeah. different levels of buy-off. The idea, I think, is also has always been that the one of the reasons why you do this is because that payout is such that it would take you from solidly middle upper class to very wealthy if you spend yeah. your money well. Yeah. And so the idea is you retire and are moved up to that super wealthy upper class. Right. Okay, that totally makes sense. So, okay, I like that it's in, in character and that some are just things you can buy down, some things are not. And then uh, I like that, that you see that too, because then yeah. it lets you say, like, you get to have that conversation of, if you had taken that more, like, you refused to do the route that was more going to bring us back more money. And if yeah. you had, and like, something happened, we lost our house. And if you had just earned more money, yeah, then, then we would have, I could have avoided that. I could also see some some fun in having... You were talking about the backs of the cards for a moment mm-hmm. before, and so I, th- I think timeline for the... Some kind of timeline-looking thing for the lighthouse makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see for the hauler something on the backs of the cards, or on the tops of the cards, like somewhere a visual indication of how much money it was. Yeah. Like oh, let's say should, let's yeah, assume, yeah. say you've got like coins, right? So like mm-hmm. it has four coins on it. And when you get that, you take four coins and put them into the middle of the table. Yeah. Uh then as you spend those coins, the card is still shown seeing how much they've earned. Yeah. But okay. the coins in the middle of the table are gone. So you mm-hmm. can have like these cards next to each other that show like an enormous amount of money. But the pile in the table isn't there. Yeah. Interesting. And if you've would, got kind of like the, the lighthouse cards lined up near the holler cards, that'll also really nicely show the time displacement. Yeah. 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 I have to, I have to figure that out. Cause yeah, that, that is definitely something that I've gone back and forth on. Cause at one point I went down this whole like rabbit hole of that the, because the, the routes in that first version of the game that I play tested were definitely broken up by, how much their payout was. And so when you went for the higher payout options, there were different, uh, there were different challenges and things you experienced. But if I, if I just make the routes a static thing that you could almost do the same route over and over again, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then the only thing that's changing when you draw, or the only the way that you get different experiences, is by having more of them. Right. And so I did go down this moment where I thought maybe I'll have different decks of like high payout, low payout, and medium payout. Okay. Um, but my problem with that is then just sort of like from a physical production standpoint, it ends up being a lot of decks of cards. Um, okay. Which is not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Because then, because I need to have a lot of cards for the lighthouse, because cause they're yeah. going to probably be drawing more cards. Like I think I've estimated that they need like roughly fifty cards. Okay, and yeah, that adds up to a lot of cards. That adds up to a lot of cards, and then you'd have uh, I have to figure out how many cards I need for the 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 hauler. But if they need twenty cards, twenty five cards, then I've got to duplicate that by three if I'm choosing <sighs> different routes. Yeah, that's a now, lot. Now there there may be a math solution because oftentimes I had said that the the more the higher payout routes were the shorter but higher time dilation. Okay. And so you might not need as many of them. You might only need two or three or four of them. Yeah. And so maybe I can make that work. <coughs> and then yeah, they would have different uh like different numbers of chunks of ice on the back basically. Okay. How I, how I see that playing out. Yeah, that could be really like, nice. Okay, so that's something I need. Probably again, will not have for Metatopia, but no, and that's is okay. Something to think about. Yeah, because you can also say at the beginning, "This is how I envision it looking." This is not going to have that because yeah. this is a playtest. Oh, I mean, I absolutely sat down at the beginning of the last playtest and said, "Hey, this game is going to have a currency. It doesn't have that currency now." <laughs> But think about it, Perfect. because in the future, it might. Yeah. So here's a thought that was occurring to me. Okay, hit me. Um, We have, the way we've been describing this is you have your cards kind of listed out to show your age, mm-hmm. to show like how much time has gone by. You could also kind of do the opposite and have chits that you lose as time goes by. Mm-hmm. With an assumption that when you're out of chits, you you die. Yeah. And that yeah. could also allow you to have like harrowing experiences that, take that more lose time off your life, yeah. That take time off your life, yeah. Hmm. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. It was just something that was occurring to me. Because, you know, that way it's yeah. that way I'm cruel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's that like that. That time dilation aspect. Well, the time dilation. So it's 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 that the time dilation dilation aspect where one person is aging differently than the other. as, yeah. an, as a like a react as a, a byproduct of this this way weird way that people travel through space. Yeah, is something that is important to me about the game because it's an added cost. Mm-hmm. And and visual not visual visualizing and and making that a parent and present in the game is definitely something that I have struggled with. Yeah. And and the thing that I found last time was that things like, oh, when you start, you're in your 20s and then like two sessions later, like two whatever trips later, the one character is in is like in their mid 20s and the other character is in their late 30s. It doesn't yeah. really feel that different. Okay. But where it did hit hard was when they the characters had a child early on. Yeah. And then suddenly that child went from a baby to an adult. 
right yeah over I can one totally trip see how that would and so like having that child aspect of it is definitely like i need to add more options where there are children because okay. that was something that helped stress the that time dilation cost of things yeah yeah absolutely that's a very interesting thing to consider in that because it added to that like because it makes you have that conversation because i really loved those conversations that the people had uh where they were deciding who was which route they were going to take yeah because it would be things like we and this is where like people said hey we want there to be a currency because that adds to the 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 immediate financial uh a presence of mm-hmm. the game because you want to have that conversation where it's like, we don't want to be apart for that long, but we need the money. But if I take this route, like if we didn't have a kid, then let's just do the one where I live twice as much time as you, because it makes a buttload of money. Yeah. But like where it might not be that weird. If I'm like, if I've lived twice as much time that takes our child from being a toddler to being in college and yeah. like you've missed half their life now. Yeah, and that, so that is something to even consider in terms of how much each amount of time is, right? Yes. Like how long each route is. Yeah. Because if you're talking in six month periods, like, I know you were saying that some groups went through like a whole bunch of missions, other groups won't. Yeah. Well, and then I also had a whole, I had a couple groups where, they just looked at all of the like super high time dilation or super long missions and yeah. said, never, we're never doing these. Okay. They're just not interesting. Gonna, gonna be away from me for that long. Yeah. I'm not raising this child by myself for that long. Yeah. Which and, totally makes sense. And that's where I think also the added uh, people, if I make this a four player game where all we'll of the haulers it. are on the same thing, they will yeah. have their own interesting decisions to make. And by yeah. saying you have to elect a captain and the captain gets final say, the captain has to think about their own interests, the captain has to think about the interests of all their crew, and ultimately someone won't get their choice. Yeah. Which Although is, you could I do think, the same with you could do the same with voting. Yeah. So yeah. that could be something you even put in the hands of the crew. Like, say at the beginning, some crews have a captain. Yeah. Do you have a captain? I think some of like I think one of the parts of char- like I have not largely gotten into character creation. But yeah. a big part of character creation is going to be how do you decide which route to go on? You yeah. have to decide as a crew, how do you decide? Do you have a captain? Do you vote what? Because really there's there's no wrong way for them to decide as long as they decide. Because no none of the options are ideal. Yeah, n- yeah, <laughs> which exactly. Which is the, the secret uh, uh <laughs> thing in the game is that they're all bad. If you have players and say like, "Hey, Everyone puts down their ideal, everyone writes their ideal choice on a card, and then we draw those cards out of a hat. Mm-hmm. That is just as good as a captain in some ways. Yeah. As long as you discuss ahead of time, and then maybe discuss afterwards to show how you're all feeling about it. And like, I have, I found in playtesting last time that three to four trips was about how long uh, the game felt good to play for. Great. And but the but if you maybe if you are playing a two player game and you go to five that makes more sense and if you're playing yeah. a, uh, a a four to six player game where you have to have these big prolonged arguments about yeah. which route you're gonna go on maybe you only do two yeah that's so those, fine because that's still gameplay and it still feels yeah. good but so then if that's the case the routes need to be longer yeah like 
if you if there's a possibility that you're only going to do three routes, then a one year route that lasts the other person two years isn't long enough. Yeah. Right. Because then that's that's chump change that you've spent. You've spent maybe 40 minutes of your two hour session playing. Yeah. That'll that, be an my my intent. My understanding is that you intend this to be a relatively short game, even outside of the two hour blocks. Mm-hmm. We found largely that about an hour and a half was about as long as the game played. Okay. Now, there will be some more because, again, even without the four players, even without the four players, yeah. there will just, with that, the, pres- the added presence of the, 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 the cost mechanic, the, the money, yeah. that will be an added, like, tangible, because people had conversations about this one is worth more than this one because yeah. it was so abstract. Those conversations were not that in-depth. Yeah, that makes so sense. By, yeah, by, I'm hoping that by making that present, like that was actually a thing that was really interesting that came out, like that is leading me also towards this four player session. Yeah. Is that like I did not really largely think that people were going to have, like, I thought that they were going to go off, have their experiences, and come back and then just like talk about those experiences. Yeah. But it turns out that the gameplay was much more focused on. Like they were spending almost as much time talking about which route they were gonna go on, and like a couple of the playtesters even like set up uh like they had like I had sort of said there's a um a, like a, an organization provided location um yeah. that you can go to to have a safe conversation, but they chose to have them at home, and then they were creating new locations for where to have conversations about how to pick the uh how to pick the route, and like which is great. Which is great, and I think that that focusing on those relation, like those moments, as a more prolonged, interesting part of the gameplay is fine. Yeah, and, definitely. And the game will just play longer if there are more people. Yeah, which is okay. Like, there's no reason you couldn't play. I I don't see any reason you couldn't play this game for for a big old session. To be yeah, quite if honest, if you had four players or six players, this game would be much longer. Yeah, or even if you just have players that are really interested in spending some time. Yeah. On each one. And also, again, have not had... Like, this will be a two-hour game when character yeah. creation is added. Because yeah. if it was almost an if it was almost two hours without, then when you add character creation and, like, talking about what the ship is called, talking about the corporation, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, then that'll be all interesting and part of it. And, and, I, and I, I, I'm doing an interesting, like... This is something we haven't really talked about too much, but like because of the way that this game is designed to be two players and the way that I'm playtesting it where I am not one of those two players, yeah. I get to just sort of sit back and say, play the game. Here's what's there. Yeah. It's not complete. And and see where players create things. Right. It's almost, it feels a little bit like cheating because I've just <laughs> sort of said, here, go playtest this thing. I didn't finish it. And yeah. then when they make up mechanics for me, I can just include you those mechanics. You can just take them. Yeah. Um, There's nothing and, wrong with that. And, and they're not necessarily even coming up with mechanics, but they are having conversations. And then I can build mechanics to reinforce those conversations when I see those conversations happening a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you looking specifically to work out that uh, that specific frequent? Um, what's wrong with me? Were you looking to find an answer to that specific currency, or were you wondering if there's other currencies you should be considering? Um. Well, so for this immediate playtest, I'm yeah. I'm looking to see if the four player stuff works. 
okay. if, if at all. I am going to try to do the first play test that's that doesn't have four players. That is just the old like old two player style. And for yeah. that one, I'm hoping to include some kind of a financial system. Okay. If there needs to be another currency, like a life currency, like a life token currency, um, yeah. I will. That, I'm interested in exploring that and seeing what people think. But um, I kind of don't think that it needs that. I think it just yeah. needs the that central mechanic. Yeah, I largely agree with you. I think that that the central mechanic there will will carry yeah. that weight definitely. Um, and and a lot of the coolest moments in all the playtests were things that came out after they'd had long weird discussions, largely unguided by me. Yeah. Um, which is okay like that's that is a whole genre of story game you know yeah 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 like and 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 it's not that they are unguided it's just that they they chose what their hardships were going to be and yeah. impose and because the playtesters at Metatopia are pretty good at playtesting games usually yeah um, they imposed restrictions on themselves and that led them to having interesting game moments. And so now I just need to make sure that I can recreate those restrictions in ways for that anybody. make other... Yeah, for anybody to sit down and play yeah. and have those cool moments where you yeah. come home and are a space pirate and grant your daughter, who is suddenly a teenager, a space pirate sword. <laughs> yes, Because that is exactly still the single that. coolest game moment in any game I've ever had. Yeah, that is very cool, you know? Yeah. So what are you bringing to Metatopia? So I am bringing uh, Pasión de las Pasiones. Um, okay. It is now so much better, I hope. <laughs> um, there's like a lot of big floating question marks, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff that I still intend to do major work on, but the game has been really tightened up in a whole lot of ways. Um, yeah, I know you've done a lot of work. You were talking about you added you added keys, and then I saw maybe somewhere you said you weren't sure you were keeping them. Yeah, we've we have added keys, and we don't know if they're staying. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that is an important part of all game design is being able to have something and add something in and go, okay, if it works, cool. If, if not, then it doesn't. You know, yeah, like I I fine. love keys. I'd love to have keys be a part of this game because the key like you know keys are really great but even the way that i approached keys is different from how keys are normally approached which is how mechanics grow and evolve so that's yeah that's normal i would I'm, be I'm kind weird of doing, almost if you approach them the same way yeah um there's also the basic moves have been reworked to just hit a little bit faster and cleaner um, mm -hmm. my favorite of the, can I tell you my favorite of them? Sure. Go ahead. So when you express your love passionately, it used to be this thing that someone would chick choose from like four different option. And that took forever because it ended up being a thing where it's like, pick two, pick one, pick two. Um, and so like it ended up just being very boring. So now it's on a hit. Your target gives themselves to you on a hit. Your target gives themselves to you. Or reveals a secret they probably shouldn't. Their choice. On a 10+, plus, they also tell you whether they love you and who else they love. <laughs> Which is just like uh, instant drama. And yeah. it's so quick. Because the player just says, like, you just have to make the single decision. Am I going to give myself to you or am I going to reveal a secret I probably shouldn't? 
Yeah. And that's so, I'm so happy with that. Like, that is the one that is, like, most, I hardly even feel like I want, I need to playtest that one because I yeah. know that that's so much better than the old one. And it also, like, it directly leads into another scene, more gameplay, more conversations. Yeah, and because, so, and you, you get, like, that wonderful telenovela moment of, like, like, maybe they fall into your arms and it's this big romantic scene and then they tell you, because it's a 10 plus, so they say, then have to say, like, you know, oh, I, I love you so much, but I should also tell you. Yeah. I do also love Carlos very much. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, I'm so, so telenovela. That That's just it's so like... telenovela. And I think that will encourage people to tell their secrets more. Because one yeah. thing that I found I as a major problem is people not telling their secrets. And also having secrets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I've, I've managed to get a good... I feel like I'm getting a decent amount of secrets created in, like, the single session one-shots. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be so many more yeah. <laughs> as time goes by in, like, a full campaign. Um, and so this is a good opportunity to just air those things. Yeah. Okay. There's so also cool. a, a new basic move. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Mislead, distract, or trick someone. Interesting. Hard to believe that wasn't a basic move already, actually. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Initially, I started off with it not being a move because I was like, people are lying to each other constantly. And so this is not... I might be changing the wording on it because I'm not super satisfied with it. Yeah. This is more like... uh, This is more like a distraction than anything else distract is the kind of the key word yeah um and so uh lying is still handled by when you accuse someone of lying to their face yeah uh but this is good for like uh you need to go to your lover they're they're about to marry this other person and it's not strictly true but you want them to leave this room because you need to do (laughs) things in this room the last time we talked about this game, when we were talking about keys, yeah, um, we had talked about how you had removed some of the 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 meta narrative mechanic, if I remember correctly, of the people watching to yes replace no. with keys. So I guess my question is, if keys, so if that original mechanic of the family watching the telenovela was the original progression mechanic, and yeah. you replaced that with keys. Yeah. If you aren't feeling like keys are hitting where you want them to be hitting, where does progression go next? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I figure that's probably the, the hard question. Yeah. So what what I want, pro- I don't want progression to just be like making your character more powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. I want it to explicitly be about having a story arc that builds towards the finale. Mm-hmm. So like one thing that like one of the keys is related to finding and marrying your true love, right? And so if you don't do that and you don't progress along that key, maybe you'll marry your true love, but you don't get to essentially moment of truth the fact that you did that, right? Yeah. So each of the keys eventually leads to essentially a big narrative permission to use during the finale. And it has a couple of milestones that you hit along the way as well, which is not something anyone has done with keys yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it also means that progression is less freeform and more 
following specific things. Yeah. Um, which is something that I simultaneously am like, yes, this will mean we hit those stories really nicely. But it also really restricts things. It's very restrictive. And it's maybe very restrictive. I don't I don't honestly know. Well, it's as, um, it's as restrictive as the the keys like as there are keys and so yeah like it sounds like you have built a system or like you have built a game where there is sort of like the the basic level game and then there are play yeah. sets where the yeah. play sets have alterations to those playbooks and so you could have different play versions of the playbooks that had different keys oh yeah definitely and people could custom their keys but yeah, it definitely restricts you to as many possible outcomes as someone has designed keys. Yeah, I'm also playing with the idea of giving an option to choose a new key at certain point during the show, essentially. So like, when you hit session three, if you have scratched off one of your keys, you can get a new key. Or something along those lines. Um, The playsets are have it do a lot in terms of like setup and they include a couple of new moves. They set you up with some nice NPCs. Um, I haven't done one yet that very much alters any playbooks, but I, I know there's a couple that I want to do. I know this is coming out like what the day before Halloween, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Day before Halloween. So like I should mention that I do intend to do a playbook that is, that has like some kind of like, you know, Romeo and Juliet style, but across the uh, the veil to uh, to the land of the dead as well. Mm, uh, at some point, I don't know if that's going to end up. That that might be a stretch goal, or a Brandon on his own project. Um, but enough people have asked about you know spooky spooky telenovela stuff <laughs> uh, that I that I'm definitely focused on on making sure that happens. Um. The playsets have a lot of stuff that I'm that I'm really excited about. Um, they also establish like, but I, I need to know if it works. Yeah. Uh, so 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 here here's what I'm playtesting. Here's the biggest question that I have with the playsets. Yeah. Um, I'm specifically playtesting uh a playset called uh for now La Rosa Carita, which is a hotel based playset. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's essentially it's not Jane the Virgin exactly, but it's kind of the Jane the Virgin setting, right? It's something that will be really familiar to people whether they have knowledge of telenovelas or not. And did you, I'm trying to remember, you played one of the games with Daddy Yankee the Assassin, right? Yes, yes. Not at (laughs) Aratopia last year, but in a a home game we did, yes. Yeah, so that was one of the ideas that I was building into this playset idea. And to give, basically, essentially, uh, Daddy Yankee was visiting a casino and he was also an assassin. And if you shared a moment of physical intimacy with Daddy Yankee, you took control of him as the assassin. Uh, <laughs> and so now what I'm trying to do is have it so each playset introduces a couple of NPCs that are more serious than Daddy Yankee. Like, they're, they're characters in the show as opposed to being like a really silly, just like a really silly gag that I wanted to goof around with because I thought it would be fun to, to play around with. Um, with the idea being them, that they would be a person that you could step outside your character to control? Uh, to a point. Okay. So essentially, um, uh, let me see. Let me, let me pull up one. 
Uh, bu- 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 bu. That's a cool and very complicated mechanic. Or if you like, kind of if you hit a certain thing, you get to have them do something. Yeah. So here is here we go. I'll, I'll just say I'll just tell you one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Santino Pinto. He is from La Rosa Carita. Okay. He's one of La Rosa's in-house security force, and he's used to following instructions. During this upsetting time where there has been the disappearance of the person in charge of the hotel, he's <sighs> looking for, like, a chance to be stable and be a force of stability, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his hook, which is how you take control of him, is a player who shows Santino emotional vulnerability has control over him. Hmm. So, like, if you go to Santino and you you show emotional vulnerability, that essentially catches him in your web, right? That's how you yeah, hook him. Yeah, yeah, uh, If you hook him from somebody else, you now control him, right? Mm-hmm. And what it does is it gives you a move. So, Santino's move is when you ask Santino to kick someone out of the hotel, he will escort them out of the hotel. <laughs> it's well, That's so good. It's very simple. It's like, it's very clear, it's very direct, and it means you have a thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's so good. Uh, here's Raul Galindo, a daydreaming pool boy who doesn't know better. He's willing to step up even if he can't back it up. And a player who shows him physical intimacy has control over him. And if you flee a scene Raul is in, he will block people from chasing you for the time you need to escape. So, like, it's like just like a little thing. And it encourages you to, like, sometimes go after the NPCs, figure out what NPC you'll need in order to get the right thing, right? Yeah. Like, if if you have a plot, if you have a plan that involves being able to kick somebody out of La Rosa Carita, like, you need them to be out of the hotel, then go find Santino. It also brings NPCs back into the game a little bit. Yeah. Because they were very, they've been very absent in the games, the versions that I have played, at least. Absolutely. And so this essentially makes it so that each playset will probably come with four NPCs. And there will probably be other, like, little NPCs that Mm -hmm. don't matter as much that you kind of, like, pick up and drop. But this sets you up with the core idea of a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those will be cool because you'll probably be able to move most of those between. Or, like, if you wanted to custom your own playset. Can I tell you some secrets? Sure. Okay, James, first you're going to have to roll to express your love passionately. Okay. And, and then I'll have to choose to not give myself to you. Um, one thing that I'm considering that I'd very much like to see, and I don't know if it's going to be possible, I don't know what it's going to look like, etc. Mm-hmm. I'd love for the NPCs to be cards. Yes. So if you want to play a playset, you have the four cards, they're on the table, people can pick them up and look at them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Additionally, if you've already played La Rosa Carita and you want to try something new, you shuffle up the deck and pull a couple people out. That's excellent, because, you know, since you have started uh, designing this game, I have always thought, this needs a deck-building aspect to it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what we need. We, we need people to do handsome hand building. You just pick up. Um, I have Raul and Santino, and if I have both of them, they each get a plus one. Yeah. No, but I mean, so I've I've been watching a lot of Critical Role recently, and yeah. one of the things, and like this is a, 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 this sounds like a tangent, but it's not. 
Um, no, no, I've no. Been, I think I know where you're going, and I, I think I agree with you. And one of the things that that uh, that they do on that show to sort of make things easier for themselves is that if one of the characters gets a magical weapon, or yep. if they get like a, a special ability because they've been granted powers by a god or something like that, then Mark, uh, Matthew Mercer has written up a card of the rules for that thing, and he yeah. physically hands it to them. And so they can do things like, say, have a bunch of cards for items and say, oh, you probably need this sword more than I do and hand it over. And hand it over, yeah. And so being able to physically pass that thing around. And it'll also mean, uh, it'll mean that in that moment when you take like control of an NPC away from someone else, you have to turn to them physically and say, now give me that card. Give that me roll. So good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, th- that's part of the fun thing that I'm really enjoying with this idea. Have I talked to you about my roguelike, not have I talked to you about my roguelike card-based RPG idea? Maybe. I, I started it a little while back, and I'm kind of coming back towards it. I'm Because of Zombie World, mm-hmm. I'm getting really into the idea of cards in <sighs> I the game. I Zombie World so bad. Oh my gosh, I played it 2015, I want to say. It's at Manitopia this year, isn't it? Maybe I'll sign up for that. I think so. Try. There's trying out some of the new, um, some of the new enclaves, I think. So what else, okay, so you're testing the NPC stuff. What yeah. else are you trying to get out of this year at Metatopia? Um What are you most worried about not working? What am I keys? Keys. I am most worried that keys does not work. Okay. Um because there's uh, there's so many different ways that keys could not work. Um if I mean there there's going to be balancing that needs to happen, definitely, mm-hmm. right? Um and I unfortunately don't think I'm testing. Oh, jeez. I should make one of the tests a finale test. Mm-hmm. Ugh. You should. I should. Or one of my tests. Start them through well, the halfway through the key. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just Yeah, okay. So maybe my last <laughs> test will be a test of a finale. Um but essentially what I need to do is see can you mark like is the key marking interesting mm-hmm. are people upset that they don't progress in a standard pbta way does it feel like it's building a story that works towards a finale um and a big question in that is like is it too fast mm. because like like the revenge key right mm-hmm. mark experience in this key when you hurt someone who hurt you that might be really easy to hit or it might be really hard to hit yeah and so like if if it's really hard to hit, then that's, you know, kind of an issue. If it's too easy to hit, that's also kind of an issue. Um, Because ideally we want all of them to be about the same difficulty to hit. And also to hit often enough that you get to the finale. And also build a story arc that makes sense and works. Yeah. Oof. That is why my game has one mechanic. <laughs> Yeah, um, the suggestion to use keys is simultaneously something that I love mm-hmm. and hate so much. <laughs> you know what just occurred to me? I don't think I've actually even tested how... You know what else is being tested in this? What? The removal of stress. Ooh, yeah. I oh my god. I, have I played with that? You haven't. I think last time you played, stress was a part of the game. Because now, instead of stress, it's straight to conditions, just like masks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
everyone has different conditions. Which is ideal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me, um, at least. That's ideal for you? Yeah. Why, why is that? Because I, I, it goes back to my four basic moves mentality. Like, the... <sighs> In PBTA, I think the thing that PBTA, PBTA does, where it strives, like where it where it, where it really like lives, is with those playbooks and how they make you play the games differently. Yeah, and so Actually, the more yeah. things that are unique to the playbook, the better. Yeah, you and I need to sit down to talk about um to talk about my stupid um roguelike game actually because I think okay <laughs> something related to that ties in. Um, James, tell me a playbook, one of the core ones. In so what? not La Pirata. Uh, the Caballero. Okay, so El Caballero gets obsessed, cornered, vicious, and driven. Okay. Uh, and so like, additionally, so each of those gives a plus one to a move and a minus two to a different move. Oh, that's so good. So let's say you are vicious, right? Like you, you've marked the condition and it, it's just made you, like, you know, you're ready to like just snarl and strike mm-hmm. out at people. You get a plus one to strike out. You should go strike out at people. Yeah. You also have a minus two to process your feelings. I love this is this is goes back to that very first time I read the second edition of Seven C. I love when damage <laughs> when taking damage or taking conditions makes you better at something. Yeah, me too. It's so good. Um, but like as an example, El Caballero has uh, driven plus one to spot something, minus two to express love. Because when they are emotional, they are more likely to like not be able to talk about their feelings <laughs> mm. uh, because they're like, oh, I'm on a mission. I need to do this. This is important. Um, La Empleada gets a lovelorn, introspective, cornered, and ho- and hopeless. Uh, lovelorn gives a plus one to express her love and a minus two to act desperately. So she's, oh, she actually has the exact opposite of vicious, plus one to process feelings, minus two to strike out. Hmm. Um, but basically this is a way so that overall... A condition is a bad thing. Uh, meltdowns, hopefully, will be way easier to hit, and every playbook now has its own meltdown, mm-hmm. which, again, there's so much I haven't seen yet. I, yeah, I don't even think I've played with a meltdown. You haven't played version. with the meltdown? Well, there was a section that was like, you have a meltdown, and then there was no explanation of what that was. Yeah. Now every playbook has its own meltdown. It's kind of like um, kind of like a darkest self, but mm-hmm. a little bit more immediate. Uh, Ladonia has her own uh, feature now. <sighs> okay, so Brandon has completely Jesus. rewritten his game since the last time he brought it. So he's playtesting everything. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't want to tell people not to buy the Ashcan because I want people to buy the Ashcan yeah. because that increases the chances of being successful and it 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 uh it helps me out, gets me a little little bit of money. Um, but like, there's so much that has changed. Um, I think actually there's enough that has changed that it would be interesting at some point to look at what was like, what was in my initial draft, what was in my plate at my Ashcan mm-hmm. and what was in my final. Mm-hmm. Cause there's, mm. there's some things that are very much the same. Yeah. And some things that are so different. So do we should probably wrap this episode up. Do you yeah, have any final thoughts on playtesting Metopia? Anything you're looking forward to? Anything you're terrified of? There are some playtests I'm really hoping to get into. Um, and if I if I don't get into them, I'm going to be okay. But I'm going to, like, you know, 
hunt down the game designers and talk yeah. to them. Yeah, where we um, are temporarily, temporarily, uh, is that the the full list of games came out like an hour ago. Yeah, and so like I, that, I think after this, we're going to maybe stay on the call and make our lists together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, like, there's a couple of games that I very, very much want to play, and uh, I think the most important thing coming into Metatopia is to remember that this convention is not about having fun. Yeah. Um, this convention is about helping to make games as good as they can possibly be. And so, like, that is, like, my drama that I'm having, that I want to sign up to play Nohal, because I really <laughs> like Nohal. Um, and, like, I also think I probably have valuable things I could do for Nohal. But, like, if I sent Miguel an email and was like, Miguel, can you run Nohal for me? He probably would, because he yeah. and I know each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to play the... I'm not going to play the space between in it, one of its core sessions because I can play that elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, where like, I've always struggled or I feel my, my, like my strengths in playtesting are helping people like figure out what, which of their mechanics are like really weak and, or not, not necessary. Like getting them to that minimum viable yeah. product. Like that yeah, sort of absolutely. like, organi- like op- <laughs> again, like operations is like what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so getting to that, like, leaning out your game and stuff like that uh is and and but like finding those people who are looking for that has been my struggle yeah. always and like what i should be looking for as a playtester is games where they want me to take a red pen to their list of pbta to their list of basic pbta moves right yeah and just go like hey this move is very cool this move could be cooler yeah uh this yeah. move you have more than four use a narrative thing yeah <laughs> This move, like, you know, these two moves overlap a whole lot. That might be confusing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so we will probably be tweeting about Metatopia a lot. And, uh, a lot. and talking about it on the, the, the Discord a lot. So come check that out. Um, the best place that you can get in touch with us on Twitter is either at Stop Back and Roll, which is us together for the podcast, or individually I am at End the Meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. You can find all of our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on, and other little things like that at www.stophackandroll.com. You can email us, if that is more your thing, at either James or Brandon at stophackandroll.com. If you'd like to help other people find the show, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps people with the algorithms and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And, and of course... We make this podcast and all of our podcasts with the support of our Patreon backers. And we want to welcome some new backers because we had that uh, week that we that we missed that last episode. So we have a bunch of new backers. And Thank so we, you so much. So we'd like to welcome uh, Tanta Month, Spencer Austin, Aaron Olson, and Finn, as well as thank some of our old favorites like Troy Carter, Mitch Moore, Benj, uh, Jeff Stormer, Rob Harvey, Rob Abrazado, and Peter Von Batavia. If you'd like to support this show and other shows on our network, check us out at patreon.com slash stop, hack, and roll. This Patreon support has made several other little things possible. It's made a lot of the games we've put together possible. It's made it possible for us to go to Metatopia. It's uh, created uh, Protean City Comics, which is a Masks actual play that if you aren't listening to, you should probably check out. And uh, it has put me into a position that I'm able to hop online on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time and talk about the game design I'm doing, which is a very mm-hmm. cool thing at twitch.tv slash Dr. Captain Cobalt. 
and the way that you can kind of like more, even if you can't uh, back us financially, um, the thing that drives us is this community we have built. Of Absolutely, people who are interested in game design, games, teen superheroes, whatever it is that drives you. Um, and so we want you to come and be passionate about that to us. Um, and to Twitter is great, email is great. Um, but really, the way with the place we live, with the place where this sort of happens a lot, is our Discord. And so you can come check that out at tinyurl.com slash shr discord or discord.stophackandroll.com. So, as you're flying through space in your ice gathering truck, looking at a picture of your lighthouse and just remembering the passionate pleas of your co ice trucker grabbers <laughs> don't forget to stop hack and roll